Welcome to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. I've been talking, critiquing, and gushing about films since high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. Um, I am going to be your host this week, Brandon Bulby, and I have here with me my brother, Sean Bulby. Hey! Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. So on this week's episode, we will be reviewing the new film, uh, Nightmare Alley. Uh, this is Guillermo del Toro's new movie. Mm, somewhat and, new. You know, it's, it's been out somewhat, for okay, almost yeah. a month now. Um, just we're had we're a bit late, to, but there's yeah. just been so much to yeah. watch and to yeah. review. But we're, we're catching up, mm-hmm. and it's definitely going to slide into indie movie season for maybe the next handful of episodes after this because um, there's so much to watch um, before the Oscars and before everyone starts making our own top 10 lists of the year. So yeah. Guillermo del Toro, it's a name I think a lot of people know at this point. Household name. Um, household would you, would name. Would you call it a household name? I feel like he's become a household name. Mm-hmm. Um, his discography isn't too long. Film he has kind of very contained specific discography, uh-huh. filmography. <laughs> Um, contains specific filmography and he doesn't make too many movies um, but he's been on a good streak recently obviously he had the big the shape of water oscar winner uh-huh. finally mm-hmm. um which was the last movie that came out so nightmare alley uh is kind of his follow-up to his big like oscar mm-hmm. finally breakout yeah um most people know him from i think his foreign film winner pan's labyrinth mm-hmm. uh, back in 2006 which is kind of his like uh his breakouts into like the indie film scene and to getting his name really well known in that um, at least in the, but also in probably the his most acclaimed film yeah yeah uh i i want to know like what does guillermo del toro as a director like mean to you like why would you be excited to see nightmare Alley? well what do you i mean um i think it's he's pretty well known at this point for having a very unique visual style um that is kind of synonymous with with like um i don't know kind of a horror um kind a of, darker yeah dar- definitely darker I'm, I'm trying to lighting. think like a kind of a gothic type of style yes. um and you know he, for you, some reason i get like steampunky vibes often even though it's not necessarily well, maybe it's just like always I, in like the the 30s or 20s kind of thing but mm-hmm. yeah definitely um i think one movie that is maybe a little overlooked by him um that but i think in a lot of ways uh really hones in on where he comes from i i think where his style kind of comes from is crimson peak which mm-hmm. is um i don't know if you saw that one in 2015 yeah. um yep. but like that gothic romance style <clears throat> i think w- when i think of him that's kind of what i think about um, yeah, very novelistic, yeah. I guess. Um, like early century novels or yeah. even like early like film, film like mm-hmm. a lot of like acting Monster and movies and lighting and, coming and that from that kind of like those decades yeah. of film mm-hmm. in the 30s and 40s. Yeah, but um, I, you know, at the same time, he he's like, I don't know, maybe it's even half and half where he has some big budget like um, action kind of blockbustery movies like... His first big movie was uh, Blade Two. Then he did mm-hmm. Hellboy. Uh, then he did Pan's Labyrinth, and then he did Hellboy Two and uh, Pacific Rim. 
Yeah, Pan's um, Labyrinth is kind of smashed between these handful of blockbusters yeah. that he did in his early career. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, even I think, before then, he had some some smaller movies, Devil's Backbone and Mimic, which I have not seen it, either of those. Um, but those are, are more horror-y. Yeah, uh, and people still like. talk about Devil's Backbone for sure. Mm-hmm. I think since Hellboy 2, he's been on a really interesting role of doing whatever the hell he wants mm-hmm. kind of money or kind of influence in the, the film scene. He, yeah. You know, he writes or contributes writing into all his films and they're all unique IPs. Um, they're all uniquely him. Mm-hmm. And regardless of what he's doing, um, it's like always his vision. Yeah. Uh, so like he, I don't think he has any misses, but some mm-hmm. hit harder than others, but whatever it is, it's gonna just be interesting to see what yeah. he does next. Yep, totally um, agree. Yeah. That's that's why I think it, that's why I think I'm a fan, and I will continue to see his movies. And mm-hmm. Nightmare Alley is um, is just exactly what I'd expect Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. at this film at this uh, at this rate. Definitely. So let's jump into it. So we're going to be reviewing Nightmare Alley, Guillermo del Toro's film. Um, let's read a quick synopsis. An ambitious carny with the talent of manipulating people, with a few well chosen word words hooks up with a female psychiatrist who is even more dangerous than he is little spoiler there um but this is a film adaptation i don't know if that many people Mm -hmm. realize that but it's from a 1946 novel and then a 1947 follow-up film which was actually very well like acclaimed back then i was looking up some Mm -hmm. reviews for people really revere the original nightmare alley um, and it's on the Criterion Collection. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I was just I just made my Criterion list, and that was one of my options. I'd never heard of the movie, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, It'd be interesting to so, see and compare. You saw this in theaters a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. but I'll let you start. Um, what are your just initial thoughts on that Marilyn? Yeah, I mean, this is uh, fits perfectly in the Guillermo del Toro canon. Um, it's kind of right up his alley, pun intended or not intended, oh. if you, um, as you like. Uh, yes. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it really does fit in his, it, right with his style. Um, that kind of gothic, there's some romance, there's um, some dark elements, there's maybe some, there's, there's not really any monsters, but it, it's almost like, in there could made. be a monster like, yeah, at any point be, with yeah. the carniness, yeah. uh, the carny um, scenes of it. Mm-hmm, with the geek, and, and you don't really mm-hmm. know what's going on with that. Um, it's also a, a bit of a mystery, almost, it feels like, um, even though it's not a mystery. Um, he, the way he kind of reveals the story and the plot almost feels like a mystery, as this, this character is slowly going down this path of... Um, uh, and, and entering this carnival lifestyle and learning things. And um, it's almost that's like... It's interesting you say that, because at some points I was I was asking myself, like the plot in itself is a mystery, because mm-hmm. um, I was not sure where it was going for a good chunk of this film. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we'll, t- yeah, we'll talk more about, uh-huh. about that. And um, yeah, and it's almost more the characters themselves are revealing information as if it was a mystery. Um, um, yeah, I think the characters are in, the characters and the acting is incredibly strong in this movie. Um, I did not mention 
the cast for some yes. reason in my introduction. Let's just uh, talk through wondering it. About that. Uh, so we got Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. we got Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, um, and William Defoe, just to name a few. Um, uh, Rooney Mara yeah. was uh, cool to see in another movie. I feel mm-hmm. like it's been a little bit. Uh, Richard Jenkins, pro- pretty prolific. Um, mm-hmm. And so on, and other faces I recognize throughout the yeah. even like more Absolutely. supporting. I mean, you have process. to you have to stop naming names at some point. Um, yeah. So, but you could keep going. Um, it's for a it's while. cool that Guillermo del Toro has like gotten kind of his crew mm-hmm. like that follow him through these movies, um, and you know just like other like big directors and like Quentin Tarantino or others mm-hmm. that have like cast that follow him that just mm-hmm. love him so much. They'll do whatever movie with him next. <clears throat> Guillermo yeah. del Toro is kind of like assembling that mm-hmm. and you're seeing like familiar faces through his. Yeah, film. definitely. And I think he's, he has the acclaim where he can kind of work with anyone he wants now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think any, you know, most people would consider themselves lucky to work on a, on a yeah. Guillermo movie. Um, he's probably a great guy just to, just to work with and be around. Yeah. Definitely. I, I've actually, I, I kind of wanted to mention um, that I've seen a few interviews of him uh, where he takes people, takes the camera through his house, like, I don't know, I guess kind of a Cribs style thing. Yeah. And his house is so crazy. And it's like just full of horror monsters and creepy gothic things. Uh-huh. And um, really? yeah, you, you watch those interviews and he's just like so fun to listen to and to... Uh, to just kind of listen to him talking about film and film history. And he's so knowledgeable and um, yeah, just, just a kind of a delightful person overall. So I, I imagine that um, I don't know, actors might yeah. think the same, um, but uh, I yeah. Give, I could give my like quick thoughts um, before we yeah. go into spoilers, but like um, I, I liked the movie. Uh, I think, I think this is like a, I don't know, maybe a simpler film. For him, um, coming out of Shape of Water, a mm-hmm. more straightforward movie. I think it's pretty easy to kind of know where this is going. For um, I don't know, it's like a it's a familiar story wrapped up in Guillermo del Toro's like uh, interesting style, visuals, lighting, practical sets. Um, you're like he doesn't spare much expense when you're actually you know getting into the huge carnivals and a lot of huge indoor and outdoor simultaneous shots where you can tell it's um they just did everything very practically uh the cast is fun to watch uh fun to watch them like in this 1940s setting where they're also acting like they're in a like 1940s film noir film with Mm -hmm. that kind of like familiar like cadence in their dialogue yeah and style uh so yeah overall i think i i enjoy the movie um i think it's maybe kind of as far as Guillermo del Toro goes it maybe is just more average for me it's not a pan's labyrinth or shape of water um but maybe it's just more similar to how I felt leaving crimson peak mm-hmm. um which is it was it was good but like not a mind-blowing Guillermo del Toro film mm-hmm. I think I think some of it is wrapped up in its um weird pace which this is like this is a very long movie for not so much to be revealed. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is it's over hour long introduction mm-hmm. before it cuts to what the actual movie becomes. And that's like shocking how long mm-hmm. that character intro between him and Rooney Mara is. Uh, and, yeah. I, and I didn't hate any of it. 
but I'm just like, uh, I don't know how much of it was needed once we find out where the film actually goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like, like a how... huge cast that are just the carnies mm-hmm. um, that uh, in the, I guess, you know, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but in, in the second half of the movie, they're basically non-existent anymore. Yeah. Like how much did Tony Collette really like, like need to be here or affect I the mean, movie and how much time was spent with her. Um, yeah. Like you could have gotten around a lot of that with not making it an hour long and having it been like a tighter 30 minute um, Carney intro of him meeting Rooney Mara. Mm-hmm. Although um, I will say, just I, the movie I do think like the mo- probably the more interesting part of the movie is that carnival, that atmosphere. Agreed. Um, which is Agreed. maybe a little unfortunate and maybe a little bit um, is, is why um the movie kind of falls maybe a little short at the end. Although, you know, I, I really did quite like the movie all the way through. Um, I think it, No, I, and I, I think that's interesting that you say that like the first hour is maybe the more interesting hour because mm-hmm. it's like stuff you kind of haven't seen before and he's doing it in like a fun stylized way. Um, but once you find out what the next hour and a half is, mm-hmm. it like makes it weirder that you spend so much time and even mm-hmm. I guess the better part of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like mixed feelings about that. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, you know, thinking back on it, I, I really did not dislike anything. And it wasn't even that I was in the latter half of the movie. I was like, oh, man, I would really wish we'd go back to, you know, I was just kind of along for the ride throughout the movie. Um, and and uh, it really kept me entertained. Like all those scenes between Bradley Cooper and Kate uh, Blanchett. Um, were incredible and all the scenes with Kate Blanchett with, is just like sucking it up or like playing yeah, the camera just, so hard yeah. in her scene. She's like chewing scenery is what they is is what yeah. they say. Um, she's just yeah. like living in this film noir yeah, harder than any other actor. Loving here. being you know yeah. being in that yeah, character. She's, and she's the just like brightest red lipstick. Uh-huh ever and like every every like just word the, she says the is piercing just like... eyes and uh, yeah mm-hmm. she's fantastic and and you know bradley cooper kind of deals it right back to her um yeah and yeah richard jenkins as well uh towards the end i i all that stuff was super intense i really enjoyed it um i i loved a lot of kind of the ideas that the movie was playing with in the latter half of the movie with with his ability to kind of do that, um, the kind of magic act. What do, what do they call it? The mist? No. Um, um, the mind reading. Yeah. Uh, there's a of, word for it, though. Yeah. Um, anyways, where you, yeah, kind of that, that style of um, magic trick, uh, which really involves kind of di- looking at people and just dissecting people visually and making assumptions about people and kind of picking up on little hints and then going down that road and taking them with you where mm-hmm. they think that you're just kind of arriving at these these things. Um, so like, and then, then him doing that and comparing that to what Kate Blanchett is doing as a psychiatrist uh, and that kind of um, rivalry almost that they have because of that i thought was really clever and and fun and interesting um but yeah i the movie um i think as a whole is very strong the the 
the climax of the film doesn't quite hit, but the mm-hmm. ending of the film I think is great. If yeah, that makes sense. I actually have something to say in there too. Um, and I'm curious why you said that because we might agree, but I think we've given our initial thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go into spoilers and start just digging into individual scenes and what mm-hmm. we thought, what uh, individual scenes were good and bad and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So spoilers from here on out. Um, spoilers. Let's go on. Spoilers. So, uh, so what did you, what do you mean by um, the what part of the climax? So the, the climax, I would say, is pretty clearly the build up to that um, con. The, the con, uh, him tr- trying to trick the guy into thinking that he is summoning his dead wife, yeah. and um, and that's kind of the climax. That's the most intense. You kind of the whole movie is almost building towards that moment. Yeah. It fails, and then it all fall. Uh, we're in spoilers. Hopefully, yeah. it fails. It all falls apart, and yeah. they go on the run. And I, that was the climax. But the ending is when he kind of comes full circle back to yeah. the circus, and which is which is something like I feel like I I see a lot. Um, like that ending, as much is a great way to end movies, mm-hmm. but I like as it was happening, you know, you're like seeing there mm-hmm. will be blood or like the aviator, like madman kind of looks uh-huh. in the mirror and comes full circle on his, like his journey, uh-huh. um, his fall from grace kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, it was the gimp or the geek, the geek reference yeah. was great. Like to bring that back. And mm-hmm. I knew, like I knew something had to be there. Cause so I was like, yeah. we dropped the sky off of the hospital. Why did we see this geek so many times? Uh huh. Um, and it's because like he becomes one, I guess, uh, and and that was a pretty great revelation. For the and like the girl, it was one of those scenes where I knew pretty early on that that's where it was going. Like in that scene, like he when he returns to the the um, actually even maybe a little bit before that when he is like really do, taking his nosedive and you know hitting rock bottom. I was like, oh, oh, I Drink wonder it. if they're gonna what's that. When he's drinking yeah. and stuff. Yeah, like, when I he's drinking, he's I'm like, I wonder I wonder if like he's going to, you know, the name of the movie is Nightmare Alley, which is yeah. where Willem Dafoe says that that's where he picks up, gets his geeks from. Uh, and then like, but as that scene's happening, I'm like more and more sure that that's where it's going. And I'm just waiting for it. Okay, you called it, it very early on. And I'm just like waiting for it. And I'm like, yes, yes, please give it to me. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then like you- the the way that it builds up that scene to that moment, like I knew it was coming, but I was so happy and it was so satisfying and it worked. I have, I think so I have well. one job for you. Yeah. Just until we get someone that we're actually looking for. Yeah. Uh, and he says, it's I, temporary. Something, yeah. yeah, he just says it's only temporary. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's really good. I, uh, the, the climax that doesn't really hit. Um, and I feel like the climax is good enough, but mm-hmm. I think there's things that were keeping it from being like, actually thrilling uh-huh. um i think the con ends up being like not complex enough at all yeah and like kind of dumb like he's like i'll make him get on my knees and close his knees and close his eyes and yeah. then he doesn't and a, yeah why would he and then yeah. he walks up to her well, why wouldn't he yeah and she doesn't have her face covered for some reason uh-huh. and he just sees her and i'm like yeah like, <laughs> that this went is 101 what you should yeah. expect to happen that went wrong and, exactly in this in the way that i thought it was going to go wrong is yeah. like, <laughs> and you didn't did, go you wrong in smart a enough way. to yeah. 
to have a way to stop him besides yeah. like trying to grab him and mm-hmm. keep him from walking up to her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just like, it wasn't that creatively written. We're supposed to have yeah. like, I guess, kind of a very intelligent con artist, not uh-huh. plan out his big con yeah. in any kind of way. Yeah. He had absolutely no plan B. Uh-huh. Um, I really thought and it, was, it was just like, I don't know. I, I, I thought he was going to, it was going to be something maybe a little more creative, like the, um, the bodyguard <coughs> guy was going to sneak around. I don't know. Was going to find out about it and, and ruin the whole thing unexpectedly. Um, yeah. There, there could have just been such a bigger twisty way yeah. for that scene to have gone down yeah. than it did. Um, and, uh, and then and, and after like, he even, sees her, even, he just kind of like beats him to death. I'm like, even yeah. that fight and that like anger could have gone down in a more interesting yeah, way. Yeah, probably. Uh, I thought he, so, like yeah. one of the problems also with the scene is that it wasn't satisfying to like get to that point, I guess. Like you didn't get any like, um, because you know, the, the whole movie you've had all these great scenes of him, of like these magic tricks and showing how the magic tricks are done. And like, it, it, like uh, when, Bradley Cooper is taking down Kate Blanchett in his during his live show and he's like figuring that out there it's like you're seeing his con and like mm-hmm. and it's like really intense and, yes. and that works really well in that scene but he didn't bring that to the conclusion it just so, like, yeah there wasn't it just, any in-depth reading of any situation of the yeah. man or the con it mm-hmm. just happens like like I would do it if I was trying yeah. to calm this guy, uh-huh. um, but in no intelli- intelligent way. Yeah. And when we've seen him be intelligent many times. Yeah. So um, a little unfortunate. And yeah, that kept that scene from being really powerful because I was thinking about just how like kind of a little bit lazy it all mm-hmm. was while it was happening. Yeah. Um, but, but the, the chase after the, the like suicide of the other family was really twisted mm-hmm. and like yeah, i think shocking. that it's shocking like that is like super poignant to like yeah. what why what he's doing wrong obviously in the most extreme sense mm-hmm. like you don't get more extreme than that of someone's reaction to his him conning them mm-hmm. um of them kill like committing suicide so they can be with their dead yeah because that, that's something that's something that you hear a lot like in in the real world like people say they're just helping people what's wrong with them just helping people yeah and, uh, you know, I don't know and, if this is a great example for it <laughs> to, uh, you know, put onto every situation like that. But, you know, obviously, can't... yeah, it's the most extreme example. Uh-huh. But um, it was interesting that they showed how like dark and twisted that played out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, there's like as I liked you said, I liked the first half. The second half was missing things for me. Like I felt like his build up to um, being this big massive success of a man before he falls and crumbles was you know we cut to him at his most successful point mm-hmm. and then we get one messy con and then his failed con and mm-hmm. then it's just over yeah. um and i guess maybe more of the movie i wanted to see his like build up before his fall mm-hmm. to make it as gut-wrenching when i do see him fall like because mm-hmm. i don't necessarily know if i was like that uh, invested in what he became um Maybe you need like a, a TV series to do that. Yeah, better. I think like maybe Breaking Bad. Maybe the problem is you up. don't feel super strongly about what he became. Like it's kind of cool, you know. Good for him. He's he became successful. You care more about Rooney Mara than than mm-hmm. you do him, and you're like rooting, really rooting for Rooney Mara, because um, you don't want her to, you know, 
be taken advantage I, of and, and all that. But uh, but for him, it's like you don't really care too much that he's super successful and you don't really care too much that he has like kind of a fall. Uh, yeah. And I don't, I don't know why that is. Does. Like maybe it's because you didn't see him become successful. Um, mm-hmm. But, and, it, and he just is all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and you mentioned Rooney Mara. I, maybe I wish she had a little more agency in the second mm-hmm. half um, because some of her scenes were really great. Um, like the scene, final scene um, when she is in the car and tells him why uh, that, that act, she made that act work of her electrocuting uh-huh. herself. Like yeah. that was really good, but I feel like she she needed more agency rather than just being the person that says no to him like mm-hmm. seven times and then tries to leave and yeah. then doesn't. Um, like she also should have had a con going on that was intricate mm-hmm. or interesting that gave her more of a play in the actual um, outcome of everything, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that could have made the ending a lot more complicated and mm-hmm. fun to watch. Also, I didn't fully understand Kate Blanchett's character and why she um maybe did her turn i don't you know I, you kind of got that know, there like, was like that she's conning him yeah but like, she wanted the money she got a shit ton she got all the money from the entire yeah. con true when well, she's the I, I guess she's the ultimate villain that outsmarted him <clears throat> yeah maybe i don't know i just you never really got the sense that she uh that she you know I guess she, she seems very rich, very wealthy. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I guess because she was introduced late, she was just the villain to mm-hmm. me, and that was fine. When mm-hmm. Rooney Mara was there from the beginning, and I wanted her to have like an actual yeah powerful moment um, or like a um, bigger play. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I guess that's me just fine. Why I had a problem with Rooney Mara, not Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, because Kate Blanchett was kind of single note the whole time and she was just like uh, she was just that for the last hour of the film mm-hmm. and I guess because I was okay with that yeah um, so what what else did you like about this the film what were some of your favorite uh, scenes earlier on um, I really want you know I, I briefly mentioned them but but all the scenes where they are reading people and you know there's several times that they do that in the um, at the circus and then he does it several times when he's super successful those scenes were so well put together and so intense at the circus when he's saving from the cops from shutting everything down yeah. right yeah yeah. Um, uh, and he explains later exactly what he saw in the man like the, uh-huh. his like crippled leg because he was wearing like a wooden heel to keep his balance up he probably had polio and yeah, yeah. it was it was it was really cool. It's um, almost seeing this like really intelligent man yeah. think through all that. It's almost like a um, uh, you know Benedict Cumberbatch as Sherlock Holmes type thing, but he's using it to trick people and to you know using his deductive reasoning um, to take it kind of take advantage of people and uh, to trick them into putting on a show and giving him money. Um, it was yeah. really fun kind of twisted but uh it was really well done um and and i liked stuff back yeah in the first part of the movie too like um him watching one of the first circus acts um that uh where they're where they're reading the letters mm-hmm. and yeah 
they're putting in the fire and there's the glass window below with mm -hmm. the drunk man like yeah, yeah i thought just like it's really clever in like seeing how it's actually done and him like discovering yeah. these tricks of the carny life uh -huh. um like all that was really fascinating and well done uh-huh and um, like e even when he's successful showing how he and Rune rooney mara are doing that that trick um where they have like a whole language that they're speaking to each other hidden within what they're like the show that they're performing for the audience like yeah, where you once can, they actually make you it. can basically describe any object in detail through just a, a short few sentence like little phrase, phrase that she was putting yeah, together like if I just told you something completely different in in that sentence that I just yeah. based on little words that I yeah giving a few letters and words mm -hmm. within that phrase yeah yeah that's that yeah it's just cool I don't know it's just cool learning about how that's probably often done mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah 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 any uh, anything else that stands out to you I I mean I I loved all there's a I mentioned the Kate Blanchett and Bradley Cooper relationship and, and them playing off each other. But I thought like pretty much every pick any two characters in the movie and they have a great dynamic <clears throat> like uh, Willem Dafoe and Bradley Cooper, uh, Tony Collette and um, uh, what's his name? The her, her husband. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And Bradley Cooper, but also her and her husband. Um, uh, oh, man, he's uh Good. even even the husband and bradley cooper um yeah. in the first half yeah god there's the more we say it like the first half really is yeah. where like a lot of great stuff mm -hmm. lies and yeah. i wonder if the film had stuck there for uh -huh. a lot longer if we would have gotten yeah. something even better um mm -hmm. not that what we got wasn't good but yeah ron uh, perlman was fantastic yeah ron perlman and um and our lead like relying on each other like him seeing him as a father figure asking him if he can teach him or that uh, was uh that was uh uh david stratham stratham stratherin jesus i recognize him yeah he's like good night and good luck i, I believe right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the guy um, from good night and good luck uh yeah he's a fantastic actor but he and he killed it like as a as an alcoholic and you even i loved how you kind of wonder if uh, Willem Dufault is, you know, keeping him and maybe some other people in the circus in top, you know, uh, drunk. You know, he's selling him alcohol and you wonder if he's kind of providing that so that they will have to stick around and rely on That's him. That's interesting. That I kind of got the, those vibes. Total unspoken uh -huh. um, thing. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah um i think final final thoughts i think this is a good Guillermo del toro film mm -hmm. with some things that could have made it great that we identified um but overall i really enjoyed it um it's an hour and a half long or two and a half hours long it could have been a bit shorter um if it had wanted just like picked up the pace and made it tighter mm -hmm. um but definitely definitely worth the watch and another yeah. good film in his canon totally um, I would Any probably put thoughts? it. I, I'd probably put it a little bit above Crimson Peak, um, mm -hmm. but I do. I also want to say that Guillermo del Toro generally struggles in his endings for me. Uh, I think most of his better movies, the ending is a bit crazier. Like there's a lot. There's more happening. But I do think like even in his best movies, his 
his endings kind of um, <sighs> fall a little flat. Like even his final his, moments. Yeah, his final moments, like Shape of Water and even Pan's Labyrinth. Like as as brilliant as those movies are, and as like like as much as he's doing in those endings, for there's something about the way he constructs constructs his movies that. I, I generally have a little bit of a hard time with his endings, and um, this is just another one of those. Um, so, wanted to point that out. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so next week's episode, uh, we haven't picked one yet, but we're probably going to dive into some smaller films. There is a lot to see in the indie film genre, and maybe we'll even combine a yeah. few. Um, I'm like looking at theaters, and there's. Unfortunately, there's not a lot that's out right now in theaters. They've so, come and gone yeah, already, and, gone and so we're gonna have to really see them even, on streaming. Even Nightmare Alley, up. I have to say, like Nightmare Alley bombed. In, yeah. Spider-Man uh, just really, kind of took over the world yeah. for this month. It's really um, unfortunate, especially after his like big, really successful Shape of Water, um, you know, Oscar win. Uh, this movie costs sixty million dollars and it's made nine million so far. Uh, that's <laughs> it's, unfortunate. It's uh, a yeah. yeah. It's pretty. A lot bad. of that's probably the I cast hope, too. I hope I know you know once the Oscar nominations come out, movies for cinematography, tend to set get, design. Yeah, and this movie's going to be. In here. It's going to be nominated for like I don't know eight Academy Awards. It's you know. Okay. That's a big guess. Um, I mean, but I can I don't see know. it. It could. If, like, especially if you get those, I'm act, thinking, uh, those acting noms all over the place. Yeah, if if it gets nominated for like director, picture, cinematography, um, set design, it could even be cost costume design, mm-hmm. um, it, and then like it could easily be nominated for four uh, acting, all four acting categories. Um, you know, that's that's easily and that's eight half or nine. Of all it needs. Not to mention editing and visual effects. I don't know if there's I'm trying to think of. I think you're being a little ambitious, but I could see it getting most. Oh, I, I could see it getting close to eight. Yeah, I would not be. I would not be surprised. Yeah, um, like we'll it, take that all bet. The technical let's, uh, let's touch back on it in in four weeks from now. Maybe like I don't know. It, it wasn't very successful. Maybe there's not enough buzz exactly. around it. But that would be the only thing. It's absolutely deserving of eight minimum Oscars. Yeah. Uh, not not wins, nom- nominations. So, yeah. Anyways. All right. So we'll we'll uh, we'll pick the next indie film as it comes, and maybe we'll do a few all in one episode um, for mm-hmm. the next few weeks. Um, so we will see you next Tuesday. Uh, thanks for joining, Sean. Yeah. Good to see, see you. Later. Bye. Bye. Bye.